Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I am super excited, super pumped for today's show. Not only um, have I actually slept since uh, the madness of trade shows and shows and all kinds of things been happening over the past month or so, but I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to go over a little bit some of the things that have been happening in the industry, um, some of the things that may affect you that have been going on um, lately. And uh, then in our main segment, we're going to be talking today about planning a big event. And so this is going to be, this is very much going to be a 30,000 foot type view um, where we're going to look at when you're getting ready to do a big event. And we're going to focus this on lighting, but all these principles, you know, they work with whether you're doing audio or video or set design or all of them together. Um, how do you put these things together? And how do you make a production work and work seamlessly? Because if you've been doing this for any amount of time and you, you've got some kind of production coming forth, um, you probably know that and you've probably come into the type of situations where things are kind of madness. And, you know, that's not very fun at the end of the day. And it's not fun for the people you're working with. And with just a little bit of preparation, uh, it can really go a long way. So we're going to be talking about that in our main segment. In lighting news, um, first things first is um, many of you guys might be NTech DMXs users. And you may be aware that the uh, software developer of DMXs has put out a new version called DMXs Platinum. So What's kind of interesting and a little bit funky about this is um, it just came out yesterday and I've only been able to download the demo and play with it a little. I haven't bought it yet, um, but I will. What What's kind of interesting about it is that it's kind of like an upgraded version of DMXs, okay? Um, so it's got video in it, it's got some pixel mapping in it, and it can control a lot more fixtures. Now, it's kind of funky, like I said, because it isn't being sold by Entech right now, who obviously sold DMXs and all that. And, you know, as a piece of software, as I've gotten into it a little bit, there's some things I really like about it, but it's definitely still a very simple console. So I just want to put that out there, link to it in the show notes, uh, you know, show you how it works and, you know, let you see what it does and, and maybe see if it's right for you. I think it's the kind of piece of software that that has a lot of potential um, and, you know, I'm not sure, um, we'll, we'll see as, as the development goes on as to, um, how it goes. You know, there's some things that I think are definitely missing from it. Um, some things that are in it that are really cool. And, um, so I'm going to be looking more into that. I'm going to be playing more with it, working more with it, but I want you to know that, you know, if you are, especially a DMX user already, DMXs user, um, they've actually got a discount you can get if you go, um, when you're going to purchase, you can email them, get a discount coupon code for the new Platinum. And uh, so it's definitely worth something checking out. LDI. Now, I've been talking about, um, I believe I talked about last week, the LDI conference. I've been talking about it for a few weeks, which is the big lighting trade show here in the United States. And I went kind of a, as a semi-journalist for the first time here with my camera and microphone in hand, and I took a bunch of videos, um, a good handful, and they're all on YouTube. So, Go to learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube or find the link in the show notes and 
you're going to be able to see some great new stuff from LDI, and I want you to go check it out. Um, you'll be able to see some new products, some products I've talked about, and uh, even more. So be sure to check that out. Um, I think it's definitely worth your time, and, and I've really tried you know, to put my focus in these videos, not as just another person covering new products and here's the features, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, honestly, when people do that, to me, it's kind of like, well, I could have just read the press release, you know, from the manufacturer, you know, that's good and all, but I wanted something more. And so what I try to do with these videos, and, and you be the judge if I got there or not, um, it's my first attempt at it, so don't be too hard, is that I just wanted, wanted to go ahead and make sure that, yeah, I can talk about the features and the, the benefits of this new light, but also talk about, you know, instead of just features, really the benefits, um, really, how does this help you actually light better? in your day-to-day -day when you're working with lighting. So learnstagelighting.com slash YouTube will get you there, and you'll be able to see those new videos on YouTube. Also, this podcast is now on Spotify. Woohoo! Who knew? I didn't um, until I went in there, and uh, Spotify is kind of funny. Actually, I you know, I've been kind of studying this world of podcasting and for a little while as I've been new to it and getting more into it. And Spotify is kind of funny in the sense that you sign up with them and it's a funky process to get signed up with them. And then they don't really tell you if you've been approved or when your podcast is live. So it looks like for much of October, it's been live, but uh, you can check that, find that link in the show notes or on any of the podcast pages now on learnstagelighting.com. It'll have a link to subscribe on Spotify. And, uh, you know, if you haven't done that, go ahead and do that so that you get the latest episodes, whether that be on Spotify or some other platform. Awesome. Now, let's dive in. So today, I want to talk about planning a big event. And um, just before I got on here to, to talk about this, I really started thinking through, okay, I've planned a lot of events. And I've done it um, first from the perspective of, a, of an audio guy. Then I began to do lighting. Somewhere in the middle there, I built some sets. And I also have done production management. And so in all these various shows that I've been a part of, you know, whether I'm actually doing the planning or whether I'm working with somebody else who's done the planning, I've seen a lot of good and I've seen a lot of bad. A lot of shows have gone really well and a lot of shows have gone less than really well. And so in this podcast and the next uh, main segment podcast, which will be in two weeks, I really want to cover exactly these things. I want to talk about what are the seven steps and, and the things you need to know before planning your next big event. Because when I first started, if I had known this stuff, if I had had somebody in my life who could have told me about some of these things, my life would have been a lot easier and a lot less stressful. And so that's my goal here for you today is that I'm going to make your life less stressful and much easier. So I see, and, and this can be broken up so many different ways, but I really see seven steps to planning a big event, okay? And you could break this down into more steps. You could break this down into less steps, you know, probably as simple as three steps, but we're going to do seven. So the first step, and, and today we're going to get through three of those, the first three, and then the last four we'll get through next time, kind of splits the show in half that way. So the first major, the seven major steps rather are one, pre-production, two, preparation, three, setup, four, rehearsals, five, 
the show or service, whatever the big event is. Six, loadout or teardown. And seven, debrief. And I really think that every one of these steps, even all the way down to debrief, are very important for your event, for your sanity, and for whoever you're working or volunteering with. And so I just want to talk through, really work through these steps in the podcast today and just talk about things I've learned over the years and and ways that that you can really shortcut the process and and really help yourself, you know, create great lighting for for big type events. And, And when I say big event, this doesn't mean it has to be, you know, the Olympics or, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show or something like that. But any event really um, can thrive when you do planning like this, okay? But especially if it's something that's on the larger side of, of your comfort zone of what you've done in the past, you really want to take these things to heart so that you're able to to go ahead and really have a next successful event. I can tell you that Definitely, as I learned these things and then grew in my career as a lighting designer and as a freelance guy and working for a company, I was able to handle much bigger shows than I'd ever done previously because I took the time to do these things first. And and it made it um, really, you know, not a cakewalk, not a walk in the park, but much easier than it would have been had I not been organized and prepared. So step one, pre production, okay? And pre-production really starts with pre-pre-production, which could start with pre-pre-pre-pre-production, etc., etc. You can go down the rabbit hole. But basically, all big events, all big shows, all big services, whatever you have, all start somewhere, right? They all start with an idea, okay? And you may be the one coming up with the idea. Somebody else may be the one coming up with the idea. You may be hired by someone who came up with the idea. But no matter where the idea starts, it all starts with an idea, right? We're going to have this event, and it's going to involve this. Whether that this is a band, a church service, a party, a DJ, some a circus, you know, a trade show booth. Really, anything that involves lighting, when we're working with lighting here, can be a big event. It doesn't have to involve lighting. I mean, really, you know, I think about, um, I did a series of, of small shows a couple of years ago for an organization, and there were a bunch of carnival games involved. And, you know, we had to manage those. Um, I also managed the lighting. It was very small, but it was like lighting, carnival games, lighting, carnival games. But you know what? That That's that's a show as well, too. So you, you got to start with the idea, Okay. And then once you have the idea, you can really start the initial planning and and dreaming phase. So that's kind of my next part of pre-production is dreaming, saying, okay, what would we really like this to look like? If this event was to be amazing, if this big show, big service, big event, whatever it is, was to be amazing, what would that look like? And begin to dream Begin to look out there and, you know, maybe you're looking in trade magazines, online, on Pinterest, wherever, and you're beginning to say, hey, I want this to look like this. Here's some of my inspiration for this type of event. Or we've done something like this before in our organization or maybe with another organization, and here's how we'd like to tweak it for this particular occasion. So you begin dreaming, and then coming off of dreaming, you you begin budgeting, okay? And this may be you or this may be someone, you know, outside of you. You might not be in charge of the budgeting for the event and stuff like that, but 
budgeting is not only thinking about the money, you know, pure, you know, money of, you know, here's how much it's going to cost. Here's if we have to rent gear, borrow gear, use what we have, have, you know, pay people to come in to move things around or get volunteers, you know, whatever you're budgeting, whether it's money, volunteer hours, current equipment, you start to take stock of what you have access to and what you want to use to make this event special. It may be as simple as, you know, maybe it's it's a church type event and you just go ahead and you say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and use what we already have. We're not going to add anything else. We're just going to use what we already have, but we're going to need to bring in an extra operator, whether that's you or somebody else for X amount of hours, you know, do, boom, done. Or it may be as complex as, okay, we can borrow these lights from this guy or rent these from here or buy these from this place etc, etc. But this is where, you know, you can really begin, you know, zeroing in on what you actually have to take your dream and put it into reality. And then once you've kind of done a rough budget, you can really start with the artistic design, okay? This is where, and, and, and I'm really breaking this down for you guys, but this could be a much simpler process, okay? It's not like every event needs to have all these steps. I'm just laying these out there so that um, if you are doing something pretty complex, you see how to break it down into some different steps so that you can make an awesome and incredible event. So keep that in mind here. So you, you do the artistic design. So that could be you, that could be your client that's done that, that could be someone else. But that's where you say, okay, I've got these inspirations that I found. You know, I want to do a circus theme, you know, in the lobby and then carry that into the main room and, you know, have people on stilts and lights moving around and haze in the air and it's going to be great. And this is where you take those dreams and you turn them into a design that works for your budget, okay? Because none of us on any show that we work with have an unlimited budget. Nobody has that. There's some shows that have a nearly unlimited budget, and those are a lot of fun to work on, but for most people, those are few and far between. In fact, most of the time, probably what you're going to find, what I've found is the budget's quite limited, Maybe someone had a preconceived notion of what this would cost, and it's a lot lower than it actually would cost to pull off. I don't know. And so what you you begin to see is, you know, how do we turn this dream into an artistic design? And then once you've got that drawn out and you know, okay, this is something that I can do. This is what it's going to look like, and it's going to come in at about this cost. Now is the time to really start doing the technical side of things, okay? And so you can literally go ahead and then begin to say, okay, these are the exact pieces of gear we're going to use. This is the exact console. These are the amount of cables I'm going to need. This is where, you know, the long runs of cables are, the short runs. This is how I'm going to get cable from here to here. Here's how I'm going to connect to the existing, you know, maybe truss in the air or pipes, or I'm going to bring some stands or something like that. This is where you really, the last step of this pre-production, we've, we've only been in pre-production so far. And the last step of pre-production is really to go ahead and to say, okay, Here's the nitty gritty. This is drawing out maybe a CAD drawing if you've done that before, or if you haven't, you can use uh, an app like draw.io. It's a, it's a web app where you can just make diagrams and show, you know, hey, 
these are the cables I'm going to need from here to here and here to here. And here's the lights I'm going to need. And here's the audio equipment I'm going to need. Here's the video stuff I'm going to need. And here's how it's all going to connect together. And then you can use that technical design to kind of do the second half of that, which is, you know, reserving all the gear. So you may have access to the gear through some sort of venue or organization or band or your own stuff, or you may need to rent it. And so now you'll know once you get the design in and you'll be able to go ahead, you know, and rent all that stuff and get what you need, plus a few spares, please, and and have all that and have it ready to go for the show, okay? That brings us into part two, prep. So once you're ready to go, you've got a design, you know what you're going to do. I want you to go ahead and prep the equipment. What does that mean? Well, I've been part of a lot of shows where it simply went from a technical design and a gear list that was then rented or, or sourced from the rental company, and then it showed up on site and we had to make it. And I can tell you, well, that's the approach that a lot of people use and it can work. I don't think it's the most efficient, okay, or the least stressful, which is really what we're, we're striving for here. Because I don't want you to be any more stressed out than you are, and I want you to have fun doing lighting, okay? And I want to have fun doing lighting. So this is self-serving as well. (laughs) And so the prep status, the the prep part of getting the show is where you rent all that gear. Maybe you get it just a day early, you know, or, or, you know, just early in the day before the day of the big event, something like that. Um, Again, it depends on the size of the event and what all you get to do. And this is where you're able to get all of your gear together, okay? So you have all that gear together, and then you go ahead and literally, you know, start to maybe pre-address your lights. So you know what the DMX addresses are going to be for the lights, and you go ahead and begin going ahead and just pre-addressing those lights and putting a label on them, just saying, hey, this is light address number, you know, 105, and it's light one, and it's light two, and it's light three. And so that when you go to actually set this stuff up, you can go really quickly, and you don't have to worry about the minute details. The other big advantage to this, especially as you begin working with bigger shows, is you may have to hang the lights and, and wire them and get them ready before you have power to them. Before, you know, the power is plugged into the wall and ready to go and on, especially, you know, sometimes you might be using a generator. So you might have to put up a lot of the rig if you're outside, say, without any power. So getting this all together ahead of time um, and and getting those lights pre-addressed and ready to go can really be a lifesaver in those situations. And, you know, it can be easier just, you know, in your garage, driveway, warehouse, whatever, you just go ahead and you know, take a power cord, plug it into light one, address it, label it, done, light two, plug it in, address it, done, light three. You can go really fast when you're in that type of environment, whereas on site, it may take more time. So this is not only a stress reducer on site, but it also is a time saver overall a lot of the time um, because you're able to keep those things addressed. And actually a big tip here for me is if you're a small you know, DJ company or a church or something like that, go ahead and literally pre-address and label your lights. And then if you can, try to never readdress them, okay? Because if you can keep those things labeled and keep the same addresses, 
then all of a sudden it's easy to open up the same file on your console that you've used for other events or your base file, have everything patched, have the lights DMX addressed, so you just set them where they need to be for the particular show, and then you don't have to mess with any of that. You know, and this works well for for some small, a lot of smaller companies actually do this. And they set up various events, different size shows, and they just keep the same addresses all the time. And it, it really cuts down on your setup time. So that may be an option for you. Um, if you do a lot of the diverse different things with different gear over time, that, that may not be an option for you, but it, it's a possibility. So go ahead and, uh, you know, label all your stuff and then start pre-planning your cables. If you can package things together, one of the things I really like to do is when I go ahead and package up some lights, maybe I say these are the lights for the left side of stage. I put them in a pile, I get them in a box, I put them in the same place in my truck or whatnot. And then with those lights for the left side, I put the cables that I'm going to need to put those lights together. So I go ahead and I say, well, I need on a 100 foot DMX and a 100 foot power for these guys. And then I need, you know, six short DMX cables, maybe they're 10 foot each and some power jumpers you know, six short power jumpers. And you put all those together in a pile with the lights so that when you get to setting up our next step, it's really quick and easy. And you'll find if you do this a few times when as you're planning for pre-events, for big events and getting ready, you can really roll things out fast, okay? And um, really set things up really quick. And another big tip for you actually is... If you're working with volunteers or stagehand labor, or pretty much if you're not doing it by yourself, you're going to have somebody helping, right? And those people who are helping, as you probably know if you've done this before, they may be helpful and understand the technical things and, and be really good with what's going on, but they also may not. They may not know really anything, and they may need you know simple directions for everything to do. And so... When you're working with a lot of labor like that, it can be beneficial to stretch out some of the cables, especially for some of the longer and more complex runs, and literally do what we call loom them. And, and what looming is, is literally just taping with some electrical tape or some friction tape. Uh, I'll link to those both in the show notes. Just bringing the, you know, tying those cables together at the right lengths so that when you lay them out on a truss or on a stand, you know, all the light, all the cables unrolled together and then things line up exactly with the lights and people can just plug them in. Um, that's something that every tour that's out there pretty much does. Every show with multiple dates is going to do. Um, if it's a one-time event, you may not need to do that. But even if you're, say, a small DJ, small band, small entertainment company, whatever, if you have some element of your lighting rig, you know, maybe it's a side light tree or, you know, a, a, a backlight setup behind the band, and, and you can take that element of your show and reuse it in different types of events time and time again, then you can loom that cabling together and all of a sudden save yourself a lot of time, okay? So that's just a thought to put in your head about that as well. And um, then the last thing you're going to do is you've, you've gotten the lights addressed, you've um, labeled, loomed, and, and pre-planned your cables and really, you know, put them with the lights they need to go to, etc. The next thing we need to do is pre-set up our console, okay? So we're going to go ahead with our console and at the, at the very least, patch the lights into the console. Now, you've probably already done this in your lighting console to know what the addresses are to, pe to 
to set the DMX addresses on the fixture. You probably put them in the console first, and then the console spit out that patch for you to be able to put into the addresses. Um, if you've got, you know, a PC-based or, or a hardware-based console, that, that's often what goes on. So that, at the very least, is what you need to do. But I would also go ahead and just predefine some groups for the different parts of your lighting. That may be by truss or by lighting position. It may be by different rooms that you've set stuff up in. Um, it may be, you know, setting up um, groups for each type of light. Some consoles will do that for you and others you've got to create that. But what, whatever it is, you know, go ahead and make some groups and get those guys set up, okay, ahead of time. So that when you roll in and you can turn on that console, load that file, or maybe it's already loaded, that's better, and really start going the second you've got power to your whole rig and you can be testing things, okay? So let's talk about setup. So we've, we've pre-produced, we've done pre-production, including pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-production. We've prepped our gear. And so now let's talk about setup. So now we've kind of shifted into the executing stage because we started um, prepping and pre-producing this. And, and that really, honestly, when you're planning a big event, often that takes more time than the actual execution. And so the setup is where we start to talk about the execution, where we start to make the plan happen. So you've, you know, gone ahead, you've prepped all your stuff, you've got plans that you can print out, you've got a technical design, whether that's a CAD drawing or, you know, a napkin drawing or something more simple. And now you're able to work with the folks that you've got to help you make it happen, whether they're volunteers, um, labor, you know, um, other technicians, et cetera, et cetera. You, you get with those people and you follow the plan and make it happen, right? So this is actually, uh, if you've gone ahead and prepared well, this is pretty easy and straightforward for, for you, the lighting person who is in charge of making this event happen. Because you've gone ahead and you've got it planned out. You can show someone on paper, on purpose, hey, this is where this goes. This is where that goes. Here's how this set up. Here's what this needs to look like. And, you know, you can go and pre-plan as little or as much of that as you want. But I can tell you that every minute that you put into pre-planning, I think takes two minutes off when you're on site. Because now there's much less waiting around, people asking you questions, people confused, you having to clarify things. There, there's much less of that going on. And there's much more of people doing a task, coming back, doing the next thing, coming back, doing the next thing. Not a lot of back and forth, not a lot of confusion, not a lot of having to do things twice, maybe, if someone didn't do things right the first time. We've all been there. Um, and so, you know, you can go ahead, you know, get set up. So whatever that looks like in your particular situation, you know, set all your stuff up in the most efficient way possible. And, and so that means, you know, especially as a lighting person, work with the other people that you're working with. Work with the folks making the set, the people doing the audio, the people doing the video. Because there's nothing worse than when you're setting up for an event and you're getting in the way of other people or other people are getting in the way of you. So you can work with those other people to find ways to say, okay, I'm going to work over here and you're going to work over there. And then we're going to switch you know, so that you guys can be working in different areas so that people aren't stepping on top of each other so that you're all able to just get the things done that you need to. And then once you've got things up, once you've got your lights on and they're working, 
go ahead and start pre-recording things. Um, you know, pre-program as much as you can at the end of the setup phase, okay? That means, you know, more groups, presets, and palettes in your console for positions, for, um, you know, different colors, for intensity levels. Go ahead and pre-program some cues if you can. Um, do you know some of the cues that you're going to need for the specific show? Maybe you know everything. You know, go ahead and, and pre-record all of that stuff as much as you possibly can before the rehearsal phase starts. And the rehearsal phase, and we're going to cover that in two weeks, but obviously that can look a lot different. There, there may be no rehearsals in the type of show you do. You know, it may be something that's live on the fly. There may be a lot of rehearsals. It's just really going to depend on your particular type of show. Now, thank you guys so much for listening so far today. Show notes for this episode are going to be at learnstagelighting.com slash 041 because this is episode 41. And I want to see you back next time. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you're new here, I want to send you a free guide to get started with lighting. So head over to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. And uh, I'm going to ask you just a couple quick questions and send you a free guide that is going to help you work with your particular type of lighting. Make sure to do that and make sure to come back for next week's show. I'm going to be answering your questions. So go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact uh, anytime between, uh, you know, when you hear this and, and next week and submit your questions. And, and by the time you hear this, I'll be about a day or two away from recording the next podcast. So get those questions in quick and I'll be able to answer them in next week's show. Anything goes with lighting and uh, I'm glad to help you out there. All right. Thank you guys so much for hanging out today and I hope you have a great week. I'll see you guys in the next episode. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.